Don't accidentally do things you'll later regret. Oh no, you did. Hey there, and welcome to Let's Place, the easy listening, objective ranking of video games podcast. I'm your host, Luke, and with me as always are my two co-hosts, Chelsea. Hey. And Crystal. Hello, hello. We don't have any guests this week, so we're just going to take it into a slower gear, kind of just have a nice, chill, relaxing time. After all, we're trying to make as many of these episodes this month as possible. we got to pace ourselves. It's a marathon, not a, you know, mar- I almost said it's not a marathon. It is a marathon, not a sprint. There it goes. Welcome to Let's Place. I said that already. Luke, I'm uh, not sure if you've thought this through entirely. I most certainly have not. Because uh, I don't know if you can hold up this bit, and I'm certain I can't hold up this bit for very long. Well, we're going to see what we can do. Alrighty. Uh, let's get into the placing. We've got uh, 390 games placed so far. We're going to add five more to that list this week. Uh, we're going to be talking about G-Man, Tommy's Air Shark, Hitman, Game & Watch Widescreen Parachute, and our listener-suggested game, The Amazing Spider-Man vs. The Kingpin. Just some cool, chill games for some cool, chill folks out there. And on here, on Let's Place, the objective of the Ranking Video Games podcast. Somehow, doing this cool, smooth guy voice is ruining my ability to describe the tagline of the show. Anyway, why don't we just get right into it with G-Man for the Commodore 16. According to Moby Games, this is a game where you are a newly qualified graduate of the Space Geology College. Things are looking good for G-Man as he explores the Sea of Dreams on the moon. Looking for samples and using a jetpack... G-Man is having so much fun, he forgot the timings of the moon bus back to Earth. It's left his location and landed 4 km away, and will take off again in 7 minutes back to Earth. In this side view, left-right, constantly scrolling game, you control G-Man as you try to fly and run on the surface of the moon back to the moon bus. As well as the dangers on the surface, like gaps to clear, there are also meteors flying in the sky from right to left. You must use your jetpack to avoid the gaps and the meteors being aware of the momentum when moving and gravity pulling you downwards. You can speed up when flying, but any use of the jetpack uses fuel. Then are fuel dumps the, the, there's fuel dumps that can be collected. And I've got something I've got to take care of real quick, so I'll be right back. This game is published by Codemasters, who you might know as the publisher's of the Dirt series mm. and the F1 series and the Grid series. As Luke uh, mentioned, this game was released for the Commodore 16, which is roughly equivalent to the Commodore Plus Slash 4. Now, these platforms did not enjoy much success in the United States, but they were more popular in some European countries and Mexico. Now, I'm very concerned for G-Man in this situation because... I mean, imagine be I've 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 heard of kids being left uh, behind on field trips. I believe it maybe even happened to me once. Imagine being left on the moon. Just okay, we're leaving now. 
we're not going to Chelsea, go ahead please now. tell me the story of you being left behind on the field trip. Well, I don't know if I was technically left behind. I It was a field trip. Uh, my father uh, was a uh, chaperone on the field trip. Uh, and I, I arrived at the location of the field trip on on the school bus uh but the school bus left without me however they may have thought it was okay because uh my my dad was there and uh he probably would have taken me back to school so i that still i think they may have they they probably should have made sure i could get a ride back to school with my dad uh, before taking off without me. It wasn't traumatic or anything. I do remember seeing a story on Tumblr, might not be true, of, uh, two friends who, uh, were on a field trip to Paris, and, uh, they got left behind. Or maybe it was Hawaii. It was some nice location. And, uh, their parents didn't believe them when they called home and said that they were stuck in uh in Hawaii or wherever it was. But yeah, getting stuck on the moon where presumably there would be no phones is would be quite a predicament. Yes, that would be quite a predicament. And such is the predicament that G Man also is in. Although he is not a child, he is a grown man, a graduate of the Space Geology College. That is true. He is a certified space geologist. Now, it seems in this game the G-Man does have to cross four kilometers in only seven minutes. Now, how fast would that be? It would probably have to be quite fast. Uh, I don't know the exact mathematical uh, reasoning calculations behind that. He'd have to go about 21 miles per hour. Oh, that's very fast. I don't know if... Uh, I don't know if he could go that fast, even on the moon. Well, it's certainly faster than the average human can run on Earth, but you are correct, Chelsea, that since they are on the moon, uh, you know, the gravity is lower. So the muscles that were designed for Earth gravity can propel you even faster than they could uh, on Earth. And on top of that, the G-Man does have the help of his trusty jetpack. That is true. That That is true. Take a look at these screenshots here. There's not many. We got the title screen. We got Let's Get to the Moon Bus. Fuel to Collect. And Didn't Make It. Mm-hmm. It's a, a treacherous, treacherous trek our G-Man has to go through to possibly get home. Now, the gravity of the moon is about one-sixth of what it is on the Earth. And the average human running speed, well, the maximum human running speed is about 28 miles per hour. But the average for a marathon runner over 26.2 miles is about 8.8 .8 miles per hour. Now, I don't know if this translates directly because I'm not a scientist, but if you multiply 8.8 .8 times 6, then you could do a marathon endurance run, not even a sprint, on the moon at 52 miles per hour. Hmm. So I would say that it might not even be particularly difficult for the G-Man to get there in time, but for all the asteroids that are trying to hit him and kill him. 
Yes, that that does make for uh, is very. I don't want to say treacherous again because I already said treacherous. Uh, definitely makes it difficult for the G Man. I'm surprised uh, the asteroids aren't just landing. They're not just coming into contact with the. They seem to be like moving. What's the word? Horizontally, and you would think they would they would like just crash land on the moon, be sucked in by its its gravity tiny little rocks i mean i guess they're the size of like his head it's pretty big for a little asteroid so personally i think i might vote uh this under our first game that we're comparing this to which uh i can't remember what it was we were just talking about it before the show started it would be fire emblem gaiden for the uh family computer right i think i might vote uh fire emblem gaiden uh, just as a, well, Fire Emblem Gaiden just seems a little more compelling to me. The fully fleshed, uh, RPG. I agree. I think I will vote for Fire Emblem Gaiden over G-Man. <laughs> Which means we move down to... Yeah, if you could figure that out for me, that'd be great, because I'm bad at, uh, figuring things out. I'm bad at very simple math. That's, uh, that's my cross to bear. Now we will go down to number 293. We are now comparing G-Man to Dragon Ball Z Super Butoden 2 for the Nintendo 3DS and the Super Famicom. Hmm. Originally released for the Super Famicom, ported to the 3DS. Now I believe I've heard uh, this game has a, has a bit of a bad reputation. Is that uh, so? I just feel, I feel like I remember uh, a previous episode. Uh, of Let's Place, uh, saying how it, it didn't function very well, but I could be wrong. I could be wrong. That was just the impression I remember. But uh, I'll pull up a video for myself and take a look at take a look for myself. Dragon Ball Z Super Butoden Two is a fighting game that chronicles the events that take place during the battle against Perfect Cell, and includes a side story about BoJack and his henchmen who Gohan, Trunks, Piccolo, and Vegeta fought in the BoJack Unbound movie, and Brawly, the legendary Super Saiyan. You can play as SSJ2 Gohan, Piccolo, Vegeta, Future Trunks, Perfect Cell, Cell Jr., BoJack, or Zangya. Goku and Brawly will also be available after you enter a secret code. Now, I do take issue with the fact that you cannot play Goku immediately. Yeah, I don't know much about uh, Dragon Ball myself, but that does seem like something you would want to have. Well, if you'd like to know more about Dragon Ball, I would recommend our listeners to listen to the Home for Infinite Losers podcast on AudioEntropy.com. Yes, we do have a do have a Dragon Ball podcast on our on our network. It's it's very informative if you want to know how horny the beginning of Dragon Ball is and. Now, this game does have an interesting feature I've never seen in a in a fighting game before, which is that the two combatants don't actually have to be in the same space. They can just keep going left and right until they're very far apart, and then the game will go into split-screen mode and then show an interface at the top that shows how far away they are from each other. That uh, is very interesting. The yeah, so you can fire, say, a key blast and watch it travel in the top mini-map until it hits your opponent. 
With all that in mind, Chelsea, this game looks like a piece of shit. I'm going to vote for G-Man. Yeah, looking at it, uh, looking at it, I, I have to agree. It doesn't look great. And uh, I think I'll also vote for G-Man. Okay, that means we go to number 244. Chelsea, how does G-Man compare to Digimon World, the Digimon pet raising simulator for the PlayStation? That is an excellent question. Uh, I've always, admittedly, kind of taken Luke's bias against the game. Uh, and I, I must admit, the idea of uh, Poop Digimon doesn't appeal to me. Um, but I've never really examined the game very deeply, to be honest. I, I've kind of only always taken in face value. Maybe I should maybe I should look at these screenshots and uh, form a better opinion. Once again, we have some, some wonderful screenshot uh, captions. That's just confusing. Under a, a screenshot of Gigimon saying, this world is not a dream, mm -hmm. nor is it real. It's our world. I don't know <laughs> what that even means. Maybe that's why uh, they thought it was confusing. <laughs> I would consider myself a fan of the Digital Monsters series, but I don't think Digimon World is a very good game. So I'm going to vote for G-Man. Yeah, I think I'm also going to vote for G-Man. This is just going swimmingly so far. So now we're going back to 220. Chelsea, how does G-Man compare to Metal Arms glitch in the system? Well, let me uh, take a look at Metal Arms. Uh, I can't quite remember... Uh, what this game was. This is sort of in the vein of uh, games of the era, such as Ratchet mm. and Clank. Sort of a, a third-person action-adventure with shooter elements. I think it has a nice art style. Yeah, it looks alright. Looks okay. Um, Looking around the Moby, Moby Games page to learn a little bit more, refresh myself. Uh... You will play Glitch, a rebellious robot who is determined to destroy the evil army of mill robots. Yeah, I mean, it looks better than uh, G-Man. Frankly, I'm surprised this game is so low. Yeah. Hey. I will I will also vote for Metal Arms over G-Man, which means we go to 232. Just how does G-Man compare to Swords and Soldiers 2, a two-dimensional side-scrolling real-time strategy game for the obscure platform, the <laughs> Wii U? Now, I have not played Swords and Soldiers 2, but I have played Swords and Soldiers 1 on, on Steam. And uh, it's, it's mm -hmm. bad. It's not too bad. Um, a little culturally appropriative or insensitive oh yes why would you say that um oh i see no watching this video i see yeah some of the uh you can choose you just uh in swords and soldiers one you start with the uh viking faction and you start playing as the viking faction and you play against the other uh factions of uh aztec people and uh chinese people and uh they're not the the depictions are a little bit stereotypical you might characterize some of these drawings as racially insensitive yeah yeah and i wouldn't be surprised if swords and soldiers 2 continued that it's a it's a difficult choice because it 
while that is true, I do and I did enjoy the gameplay and the I've seen uh art for Souls and Sawyers too, and I, I do quite like it. So it's a it's a difficult choice for me. Hmm. Yeah, I, I think I have to despite the the uh, insensitivity, despite the the missteps there, I, I think I might go with Swords and Soldiers too. I think I'm going to vote for G-Man because I really do not like the way that Sword and Soldiers Two draws its Persian faction. That's that's extremely fair. So we have come to an impasse, Chelsea. We have. Hey there, all you cats and kitties out there in Radio Land. Sorry for abandoning you like that, but I'm back now. Sounds like we've got us a tie that needs broken between G-Man and Swords and Soldiers 2. Now, I, th- I think I heard some things about the case against Swords and Soldiers. Well, what, what is the case against G-Man per se? Because it sounds to me like a real groovy time. Just cruising the moon looking for that moon bus <laughs> home. Sounds like there's no arguments against it. Gonna have to vote for the G-Man. Yeah, I really can't uh, argue against it. it. It just doesn't look as interesting to me as Swords and Soldiers, but it's, uh, I'm outvoted. Sounds like it, yeah, yeah. Also sounds like we're just freewheeling, freestyling, without the use of our patented Let's Place algorithm, and that's a cool time, that's fine. Couldn't have done it without me anyway, I'm the only one with a copy of that file. Uh, Luke, I believe the next game is, uh, 224. Number 224, fantastic. No, I'm actually, it's 220. No, wait. Mm-hmm. It seems like I do need the algorithm. Yeah, it's it's a tricky bit of arithmetic to do on the fly. No, it's 226. 226. Are you sure about that? Is that your final answer? Yes, between Metal Arms, Glitch in the System, and Swords and Soldiers 2. Okay, okay, fantastic, fantastic. So number 226, that means the G-Man is going up against where in North Dakota is Carmen Sandiego. This was an edutainment game commissioned by the U.S. government. The Carmen Sandiego franchise was, of course, very popular, and they wanted to make separate games for each of our 50 states. They only got done with North Dakota because there's not much there, and then the whole project fell apart. Chelsea, how do you think? G-Man compares with where in North Dakota is Carmen Sandiego. Uh, as amusing as I find uh, the concept of Carmen Sandiego, North Dakota edition, um, it's also incredibly, also an incredibly dull concept in uh, in action. So I'm gonna go with uh, mm-hmm. our Moon Man, G Man. All right, all right, Crystal. How about you? I think the fact that I don't know much about North Dakota is what draws me to where in North Dakota is Carmen Sandiego. You could make significant use out of this game. You could learn a thing or two. Yeah, I think most people don't know very much about North Dakota, mm-hmm. whereas they might know more about other states, so those games might be less useful. Right. So I will vote for Carmen San Diego. You know, Crystal, I was going to vote for G-Man, but I think you've swayed me with that persuasive yet chill argument. I'm going to have to go with where in North Dakota is Carmen San Diego. Which, of course, bumps our friend G-Man down to number 229. That means it's up against World of Chaos now. We are all about having a chill groove this episode, so a World of Chaos sounds pretty antithetical to our whole thing this time. This was a fantasy game based on a Hungarian novel series. If I remember right, you play as an orc. And I remember I believe it's a half-orc. Yes, I think you are right. You take the role of the half-orc. Skandar Grom. Crystal, how does that compare to G-Man? I think I do have to vote for G-Man because I 
just don't care for the vibes that World of Chaos is putting out right now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And Chelsea, how about you? I have to agree with Crystal. I, I'm going to go with the G-Man. Then in that case, it is unanimous. The G-Man moves up to number 227. Chelsea, how does it compare with one of your favorite games, Snowboard Kids? That's a, it's it's like Mario Kart, but with kids on snowboards. Well, I wouldn't go so far as to say it's one of my favorite games, but it is it does ah. have a lot of nostalgia for me. I will go with Snowboard Kids. All right. Crystal, how about you? I think I'll vote for G-Man because the Nintendo 64 is the worst major console ever made. Oh, wow. I don't know if I agree with that. Well, on the other hand, I'm not sure what... I mean, you have the Sega Saturn right there. I think it might... I think it might be that one. I wouldn't consider the Sega Saturn to be a major console. That's exactly my point, because Sega did. Uh, anyway, uh, all right, well, that ties it up again. I think, you know, this is a fascinating dichotomy, because on one hand, G-Man is all about defying gravity with the use of his jetpack, and yet Snowboard Kids is all about going with the flow of gravity, going downhill, making gravity your own, falling in a graceful way on that smooth smooth powder i think i gotta give it to snowboard kids which means that which means that g-man has just one last game to go up against i'm getting like a little bit of southern lilt in here as i go crystal how do luke have you been living in texas for too long in the south because i know you I don't think so kentucky was it kentucky before i did that? live in kentucky for my entire childhood or i guess adolescence doesn't matter. Anyway, Crystal, how do you think that G-Man compares to Busy Scissors, a Nintendo DS video game where you run your very own hair salon? I think Busy Scissors is one of the most underrated games on this list, so I will vote for it. Mm-hmm. All right. Chelsea, what about you? Well, I have a known vendetta against Busy Scissors. I will vote for That's G-Man. That's true. You do have a known vendetta against Busy Scissors. You know... I think looking at these two, Busy Scissors is all about being a small business owner trying to make it in this crazy world, whereas G-Man is just about the most relatable thing on Earth, trying to catch a bus. Everyone can relate to that feeling. I think I gotta go with G-Man on this one. In which case, G-Man is placed at number 228, directly above Busy Scissors and directly below Snowboard Kids. I am pasting it into the spreadsheet now. It's there. You can click on it anytime you feel like. That means that it's time for us to move on to our second game, Tommy Air Shark. And this game, just from the name alone, does not sound particularly chill or cool. It was developed by Tommy's Toys. Oh, I think it sounds Mm -hmm. extremely cool. Let's see. Tommy's Air Shark is a single-player, shareware, vertical-scrolling helicopter game made using character graphics. The object is to fly over enemy territory and to destroy as many SAM missile firing tanks as possible. The SAM missiles home in on the player's copter. But oh, the use of apostrophe copter in this copy is delicious. But can be avoided by making continuous changes to course, speed, and height. The copter can withstand three direct hits. After that, the player has a 50-50 chance of surviving subsequent hits. The player's score is based on the number of tanks destroyed. The game is entirely keyboard controlled, and as with most of Tommy's games, it makes extensive use of the function keys. F9, for example, fires the missiles, while F3 and F4 adjust the difficulty level. Other function keys change the size of the game area, adjust the sighting arrows, and so on. 
It has basic sound effects and command line switches to start the game, with sound turned off and to force either a color or monochrome display. Who's this Tommy fellow? That's what I want to know. Sounds like he's a guy that makes games. Now the Let's learn about Tommy's the toys. credits sequence of this game is interesting because it does explicitly refer to the software not as a game but as a toy. Yeah, he it does say right here, developed by Tommy's Toys, and if I click on Tommy's Toys on Moby Games, he made a lot of toys, all in the late eighties. Oh no, I guess it spans from nineteen eighty seven to nineteen ninety seven. A ten year career, just like the Beatles. It appears that he wishes for you to mail him six dollars in order to purchase the game after using it for 21 days oh sure this is a shareware game one of the chillest ways to release your games uh fast i'm looking at the screenshots and uh this is a bit difficult to parse yeah it's an oscar art game it looks like uh yeah just just going through a few of tommy's other toys which strangely this page does omit tommy's air shark but we've got tommy's high iq tommy's enet Tommy's Gin Rubby, Rummy, Tommy's Trifles, Tommy's Space Goblins, Tommy's Wheel of Misfortune, Tommy's Tyrants, Tommy's Space Panels, Tommy's Tanks, Tommy's Trivia, Tommy's Tic-Tac-Toe, Tommy's Gorilla Ball Babies, <laughs> Tommy's Gorilla Ball Train, Tommy's Global, th- Tommy's Global Thermonuclear War, Oh, Tommy, Tommy's Hanoi, Tommy's Floppy Discus, Tommy's Gorilla Ball gotcha. Tommy's Gorilla Ball All tag. Right, I think you could stop now. Tom, Tommy's Jupiter Jet. Okay, Tommy's just Gorilla go ahead Ball Gauntlet. Tommy's Flip Out. Tommy's Rocks. Tommy's Patience too. Something I'm teaching all of you right now. Tommy's Space Farmer. Tommy's Monopoly. Tommy's Connecting Point. Tommy's Euchre. Tommy's Spades. Tommy's Pinochle. Tommy's Jotomania. Tommy's Manor. Tommy's plates, Tommy's net, Tommy's trash, I'm tired of Tommy's this. oh hell, <laughs> Tommy's fantan, Tommy's Hollywoods, Tommy's crypto quips, Tommy's coon can, Tommy's toy pack three, Tommy's toy pack one, Tommy's toy pack two. Weird, those aren't in order. Tommy's pitch, Tommy's calabrasaya, prasaya, Tommy's whist, Tommy's six bid solo, Tommy's nightlights, Tommy's think two. Tommy's Arcade, and last but most certainly not least, Tommy's Gorilla Ball Pack. It's a fascinating development history. Mm-hmm. <laughs> fascinating. All right. All right. Let's not delay it anymore. Let's find... Let me, let me fire up the old Let's Place engine and let's see where it's taken us on our new journey today. Let's see. How many games are we placing this week? Well, we know that it is, of course, uh, what, 381? 391? 3 something one. Who knows? Numbers are a mystery. 391. Let's see here. Crystal, how do you think Tommy's Air Shark compares to game number 195? Uh, which is, of course, still Fire Emblem Gaiden for the NES. Luke, I will vote for Fire Emblem Gaiden. Oh, okay. Why are you getting so abrasive with me? I just am filled with energy after this chill time. <laughs> you sound like it. <laughs> and I feel like I entered into a coma while you were listening out Tommy's toys. <laughs> If there's one word I would use to describe your normal speaking voice, it would be full of energy. <laughs> Chelsea, how do you vote? Um, I'm going to have to vote for Fire Emblem Gaiden. All right. I think I'm also going to have to vote for Fire Emblem Gaiden, which moves Tommy's toys, Tommy's Air Shark, down to 
Number 293. Chelsea, how does Two Heart 2 compare to Tommy's Air Shark? What was this one? Who can who can say? I believe this looks it was like a visual some, novel? Yeah, it was some kind of visual novel dating mm-hmm. type game. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to see here if we can find any details beyond that. Not seeing any. Why'd we, why'd we hate it? I don't know. Anyway, how does it compare to Tommy's Air Shark? Um, I'm... Oh, there it is on the list. I was having trouble finding it. Uh, let me take a look at it. All right, all right. While you do that, Crystal, why don't you tell me what you think? We're talking about P.T. Boats, Knights of the Sea? No, we're talking about Two Heart 2. Oh, yeah. I remember that being a pretty good dating sim, so I'll vote for it. All right, all right. Chelsea, have you managed to come to a decision yet? Uh, I think, um... I, I think I really don't like Tommy's Air, sh- Air Shark. Uh, I'm going to vote for Two Heart 2. Fantastic. That means Two Heart 2 takes it. And hey, guess what? I've got to step away once again. Sorry to trouble all of you with all this trouble, but uh, I suppose just carry on without me. I'll be back as soon as I can. Next, we're going to go up to game 342, Chelsea. How does Tommy's Air Shark compare to dogs for the Game Boy Color? Fuck it. Um, <laughs> uh, I like dogs. Uh, I well, I had the PC version, and I liked it, so I'm gonna vote for dogs because I still don't I like. I will Tommy's also Air vote Shark. for dogs. Dreams are going down to number three sixty-seven. How does Tommy's Airshot compare to Robotron sixty-four? I really don't like Tommy's Air Shark, uh, Robotron. I will also 64. vote for Robotron 64. Dreams are going down to number 380. Haven't seen this part of the list in a good while. How does Tommy's Air Shark compare to Ride to Hell Retribution? Giant Bomb's worst game of 2013. Yeah, I, I kind of have a fondness for Ride to Hell. Okay. I kind of also have a fondness to Ride to Hell, so we're going to keep moving on down. Chelsea, how does Tommy's Air Shark compare to Elf the movie for the Game Boy Advance? I don't want to do this, but I really don't like Tommy's Air Shark. <laughs> yeah, I'm also going to vote for Elf the movie. Yeah. Tommy's Air Shark is now guaranteed to be in the bottom 10. God. Chelsea, how does Tommy's Air Shark compare to Time Dominator, aka Sockets? A fast-paced platforming game in the vein of Sonic the Hedgehog for the Sega Mega Drive. Um, uh, to be honest, I've, I've, I want to defend Time Dominator, aka Socket, but it's also like a mess to look at. More so than Tommy's Air Shark? Possibly. I am so terribly sorry to be gone from you once again, but I have returned. And I am ready to continue discussing the topic at hand and have not committed any crimes against anyone else. Well, Luke, we are comparing Tommy's Air Shark to number 389, Time Dominator, a.k.a. Socket. Oh, wow. It fell real far while I was gone. No, Chelsea doesn't like it very much. Mm, I see, I see. You're not one for the Oski art, are you? Uh, it's, like I said, it's a little hard to parse. I had a computer class in second grade where they taught us how to make Oski art. And in retrospect, that seems like an absurd use of <laughs> class time. But then again, I was in second grade. What else were they going to do? I wasn't going to learn any kind of JavaScript. As opposed, as opposed to useful second grade skills like cursive. 
Yeah, exactly. Everyone needs to learn cursive. That's what all the adults used to write. Yeah, yeah. I remember as a very young child of five or six, I thought cursive was a secret alien code adults had learned to write into encode messages from children. Oh, God, what is that air horn? Anyway, uh, Time Dominator, if I recall correctly, looked extraordinarily buggy, but a friend of the show and audio entropy podcast host, Mike, stands by it, so I'll I'll go with him. I'll say that Time Dominator is the superior title. I'm also going to vote for Time Dominator. I don't think Tommy's Air Shark is worth the $6 he expects you to mail to mm-hmm. him. That's, you know, they say they want you to mail $6, but that doesn't take into account the postage you have to pay to send that. It's really probably like six fifty. He also wants you to add your own local sales tax. Wait, what? That's absurd. Tommy? <laughs> Buddy. <laughs> That's, no one ever did that. Uh, in that case, Tommy's, uh... Air Shark moves down to another game about warfare. Crystal, how does Tommy's Air Shark compare to Medal of Honor Warfighter, a first-person shooter that was aggressively hated by everybody, and that the development team technically committed some crimes against the state while developing? I think I will have to vote for the high production values of Medal of Honor Warfare. All right, all right. Chelsea? Well, uh, Tommy's Air Shark did not... Uh, commit any war crimes, so I think I'll have to go with that. Fair enough, fair enough. That means that Tommy's Air Shark has now moved down to the very bottom of the list and is possibly a contender for our worst game of all time. This is an exciting moment. Chelsea, how do you feel Tommy's Air Shark compares to Vitamin X? We are Super Superman Boys, a visual novel where you play as a hot young teacher who has to teach the rowdiest class in the high school, and you have to make an important decision about either tutoring a boy or fucking him. <laughs> and in the best ending, you get to do both. Uh, I don't need any vitamin X in my life. Uh, Tommy's air shark. Crystal, how about you? I'm going to invoke the same argument I made the last time this game came up, which mm-hmm. is that the main reason we voted it so low, which is the obvious issues with a, a teacher dating her own students. Yes is that Persona 5 came out and everyone decided that was a cool thing to do now. I don't know if everyone decided it was a cool thing to do so much as they liked it in spite of that and enjoyed the character of Kawakami, even though her context was suspect at best. Well, could we not say the same thing of the Super Super Mint Boys? I couldn't say one way or the other. I can't speak to the characters of those, even though I have a book on it that was purchased for me. Because I can't read Japanese. Well, with all that in mind, I will... Give Vitamin X the benefit of the doubt, as we gave Persona the benefit of the doubt, mm-hmm. and vote for it. You know what? I'm going to vote for Vitamin X also, just because I want to see a new bottom game. The most mercenary of reasons. Luke, are you sure about that? What do you mean? What's up? <laughs> well, uh, it seems kind of rash to vote for vote for a game just to see a new game be at the bottom. I'm trying to take a cue from the snowboard kids and ride all the way down in the chillest, smoothest way possible. All right, it's your show. Sure is. Do you think Tommy's P.O. Box is still active? Hmm. I doubt it. I kind of want to send $6 to it. You know, no, you know, thinking it through, you're right, Chelsea. Vitamin X, we are super, super men, boys, is is the rock on which we build this list. It can't be shifted from the bottom so easily. This is just kind of a cheapy, ASCII game. It's probably fine, honestly. 
I'll, I'll, I'll give it the vote. I'll, I'll put it in at number 391. Thank you. You're welcome. All right. We're moving on to game number three of the evening. This time we're talking about a game someone somewhere has heard of. It's Hitman 2017, a game I could have sworn we'd placed already, but no, we haven't. This game has you take on the role of Agent 47, a bald man that likes to do murders for money. And you go to exotic locales around the globe to do the most creative murders you can. You throw spaghetti sauce at people, you make people eat bad spaghetti, you dress up as a fashion model and make a chandelier fall on somebody. It's a great time to be had. He has a barcode on the back of his head. He's got a barcode tattooed right on there. I think in the old games there was some kind of complicated story about how he's a clone made by an international assassination association. Luke. What? Calm down. Oh, did I? I'm sorry. I didn't mean to lose my groove. Get some chill back in your voice. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't realize I was losing it. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't there a Hitman movie? There is, I believe, two Hitman movies. Wonderful. Yeah, yeah. That is wonderful. Let's see. Hitman movie. I'm looking it up now. Uh, let's see. Hitman 2007 film. Uh, it was followed by not a sequel, but a reboot called Hitman Agent 47. My dad really likes the first Hitman movie. Well, as we all know, your father has wonderful, wonderful taste. He has impeccable taste. What a weird movie to even care about. (laughs) He's made me watch it, because he thought it was great. And he was very insistent that Timothy Oliphant, following that role, should have been cast as Batman. I don't know. Probably would have done fine. Batman. What's that? That's what Robin says in the new Titans trailer. That is what he says in that movie trailer. He shoots him with the gun and he says, fuck Batman. That's all very true. Anyway, anyone else got any opinions on Hitman? I think it's a very good game. I like that it keeps social stealth alive when most of the stealth games these days are about crouching down and doing the the pressing x to do the sick takedowns and right. getting the headshots from cover this game is all about wearing disguise and blending in and striking when the opportunity arises i keep forgetting they're making a sequel to that game this year it seems like it's just coming out of nowhere but i'm excited to play it because this first one was great anyway let's get down to it should be known that this game is a 2016 game Wait, is it a 2016? Oh, did it launch? Did the season one start in 2016? Season one finished in 2016. Then why did... Oh, it's because this was a game of the year edition. Because Moby Games has separate entries for each episode instead of one whole thing. Let me change that real quick for you. Let's see here. Change it to Hitman 2016. Thank you, Crystal, for recognizing the error. Anyway, let's get on into it. I'm relaunching the algorithm. We're now at 392 games, it, and it wants us to know if Hitman is better than game 196 or not. Chelsea, that game is, of course, Ancients 1 Death Watch, an epic games RPG, the first one they ever made. I think I'll vote for Hitman. Fantastic. Crystal, how about you? I'm sorry, did you say this was an epic games RPG? Yeah, it was the very first game epic games ever made. Huh. So it is. Regardless, I will vote for Hitman. I'm also voting Hitman, which moves it up to number 98. Crystal, how does Hitman compare to Slam Dunk I Love Basketball? A basketball game based on a hit anime for a console you said doesn't count. 
the Sega Saturn. Yeah, I'm just saying it's not a major console. It's one of the minor consoles. I think that Sega would very much disagree with that characterization. I don't actually know that they would. Maybe not these days. They certainly would have back then. Regardless, I will be voting for Hitman. All right, Chelsea. Well, basketball is my favorite sport, and I like the way they dribble up and down the court. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> Hitman. Great ref. Uh, Hitman moves up to number 49. Chelsea, how does Hitman compare to brain damage? If I remember right, this is an Atari game? No, a ZX Spectrum game. Excuse me. Uh... I think you play as a tank in some sort of cyber battle, kind of like Tron. There's Electron Panzers, Marauders, Centurions, Rogue Programs. Now, I believe Hitman can, uh, the Hitman in Hitman can probably provide brain damage, as well as other kinds of violent acts. So, uh, That's very I'll true. vote for Hitman. All right. Crystal, how about you? I'll vote for Hitman. Okay. Fantastic, fantastic. Hitman is riding the elevator on up to number 24. That reference makes no sense now that Elevator Action EX is no longer at the very top. Let's see, we're looking at number Man, 24. that was a good time. That was a good time. Remember when Elevator Action was the king of all surveyed? Yeah, whose fault was it for taking it off? Uh, everyone that voted for Undertale. Crystal, how does Hitman compare to Pokemon Fire Red, a game we ranked just last episode? Oh, Hitman, not even close. Chelsea, how about you? Um, I think I will also vote for Hitman. Yeah, unsurprising, considered your repeatedly stated antipathy for all things Pokemon. Which moves Hitman up to number 12. I mean, listen, I like some Pokemon, I just don't like playing the games. No, I understand, and that's your right. But what about game number 12, Chelsea? Animal Crossing New Leaf. Perhaps the chillest game ever made. Where you're just a fun animal mare, taking care of a bunch of fun animals. I was going to argue with uh, calling the main, the protagonist player character uh, an animal mare, but I guess you are a mare of animals. Right. And man himself is, of course, the most exquisite animal of them all. <laughs> I'm going to vote for New Leaf. Fantastic. Crystal? I'm going to vote for Hitman. All right. Hmm. This is a real crossroads of destiny we're on right here. Why is it a real crossroads of destiny? Well, Luke? do we celebrate the the relaxing, peaceful, idyllic vision of Animal Crossing, or the murderous, nihilistic, nightmare-like world of Hitman? It seems like a real statement of ideology. This vote. It's a real question of where we stand. I feel like normally I would vote for Hitman because I really like that game. But I've taken on this weird, chill persona, and it feels like I've got to stay true to that for no real reason and vote for Animal Crossing. Okay. Fantastic. Fantastic. That moves Hitman down to number 18. Crystal, how does it compare to Run Man's Monster Fracas, a PC platformer where you're a little yellow guy who's got to run away from a big, munchy green man? Run Man's Monster Fracas is one of the most charming games on this list. So vote for the Run Man over the Hitman. Mm-hmm. Chelsea? I will vote for Hitman. Mm. Once again, we are at an impasse. I feel like every target in Hitman is trying to run away from the monster fracas that you yourself create. This is once again another real dichotomy of games 
One where you're the predator and one where, well, you're the prey. I think I'm going to vote for Hitman. Because, I mean, come on, seriously. That moves it up to number 15. Chelsea, how does it compare to Puller Alarm? The German video game where you play a German game show host who has to drink a lot of beer and then find a bathroom in spite of a world full of obstacles. While uh, Polar Alarm is uh, very interesting, I'm going to go for Hitman. All right, all right, all right. Crystal, how about you? The set of Polar Alarm seems like a great Hitman level. It really does. I was just thinking that. But So I will vote for Hitman. Yeah, I'm also going to vote for Hitman, which moves it up to number 13. Crystal, how does it compare to Pokemon Emerald version, another Pokemon game? There's a lot of them on this list now. I'm going to vote for Hitman. Chelsea, how about you? Hitman. All right. Hitman takes it, in which case Hitman is placed. It goes at number 13, directly above Pokemon Emerald version, directly below Animal Crossing New Leaf. Congratulations, Hitman, on breaking the top 20. That Animal Crossing near one-two punch is real tough to beat. It really is. You, you you get hit on Animal Crossing and then you hit Indonesia. It's a it's a real tricky time. Let's move on to a game from way back in the past. Game and Watch Widescreen Parachute. This game came out in 1981. One of the earliest games Nintendo made other than the many Game and Watch games they made before it. Game and Watch Widescreen Parachute is the first game in the third series of Game and Watch games published by Nintendo also known as the widescreen series. Characters on parachutes are dropped on screen by helicopters into the sea, swarming with sharks. The player's mission is to row left and right to intercept said parachutist from an untimely death. The higher the score, the more lives you have to save, with up to ten characters at a time. Failing to rescue a parachutist will trigger a scene where the character is eaten by the sharks. Game B will up the ante with parachutists getting stuck in the palm tree in the lower right corner, swinging dangerously above the sea. If you're not familiar, the Game & Watch games are essentially Nintendo's version of those old Tiger Electronic games you might have gotten at a Walmart, where you sort of have one screen and you can see all the sprites on it at all times, but only the active ones light up and you just have to sort of move them around. Except this came out in the early 80s, whereas they were trying to sell those pieces of garbage in the mid to late 90s. Luke, are you, how much did Game & Watch games cost at That's the time? That's a fantastic question. What did Game & Watch games cost? Game & Watch prices and values. Here we go. Hmm. Hmm. Now, that's how much they cost now, which varies from like $60 to up to $1,000, depending on rarity, and that's not what we're looking for. We want... Let's see here. Here's a CNET article on a flashback to the Game & Watch. Uh, Ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-
Probably, probably. Someone is playing some real funky music. Yeah, I don't like the idea of paying $20 for one of these mind-numbing games. Well, I did I could buy a nice used book for only uh, $3. That's true. That's true. I did do a little bit of research into Game & Watch as a concept. Turns out some Nintendo businessman was on a plane or something and saw some other high-power executive who was bored and to, you know, while the time away, he had taken out a a calculator and was just sort of playing with some buttons on it. And the Nintendo guy got an idea. What if we made a watch that's got games built right into it? Hence the game and watch. Now, there is a time button on the game and watch consoles. Turns out they're way too big to wear on your wrist. I used to do that with calculators, too. Yeah, I think everybody did. That's... It's a reasonable idea. <laughs> What's so funny? It's just funny to, that a businessman, <laughs> the best he could do is pull out his calculator. Well, that was a time before iPhones, Androids, Windows, Mobiles. Well, he could have listened to his, his Walkman. He could have listened to his Walkman, but maybe he wanted something to fidget with with his fingers. Okay. Couldn't have done one of them Rubik's Cubes. I think a businessman carrying a Rubik's Cube around is a lot sillier than him having a calculator. Maybe he could he could have read a book. He could have read a book. You're right. You're right. You're really advocating reading on this video game podcast. Hey, Luke, reading yeah. is cool. Reading is an adventure. Every book contains a world inside of it that you can go inside of. But we're not here to place reading. We're here to place a game and watch widescreen parachute. So let's get on with it. We're going to start at game number 196. Chelsea, how does Game & Watch Widescreen Parachute compare with Fire Emblem Guide and NES? Um, Game & Watch. All right, Crystal. Fire Emblem Guide mm-hmm. And what's your reasoning there? I don't think Game & Watch Parachute even looks like a good game. I agree, it looks pretty bad. But on the other hand, an early NES tactics game sounds like a miserable time for everybody. I'm going to have to go with Parachute, I think. Which moves it up to number 98. Crystal, how does it compare to... Let's see. Westfront Omega, The Ambulate of Vega. An indie text adventure game by our favorite game designer ever. I'm going to vote for Game & Watch Screen Parachute because I think it looks like a pretty good game. All right. All right. Uh, Chelsea, you just said... Okay, never mind. It's not worth getting into. (laughs) Chelsea, how about you? I was uh, engaged uh, watching this video of uh, the parachute mm-hmm. game. Uh, All right. I didn't hear the uh, game it was up against. Oh, it's Westfront Omega, the amulet oh, of Vega. praise Paul. Praise Paul. All right, let's see. That moves Game & Watch down to number 147. Crystal, how does it compare to Grand Theft Auto V? A miserable, nihilistic piece of garbage that everyone likes because it's got good graphics. I'm going to vote for Grand Theft Auto V for its biting satire of American culture. Oh, I'm mad that you're even pretending to believe that. Chelsea. I will vote for the Game & Watch. Absolutely, I'm voting for Game & Watch. Uh, Which moves it up to 122. Let's see, Chelsea, how does it compare to Pokemon Go? A mobile game where you get out and walk around your real-life community, interact with people who are also all staring at Pokemon on their phones. Well, uh, I think Pokemon Go is very dangerous. 
And uh, I think mm-hmm. sit around, playing your game and watch, it's much safer. Yeah. All right. Okay. Crystal, how about you? I think Pokemon Go is created a very fun summer experience, which is more than I can say for Nintendo Game & Watch. That is very true. Pokemon Go, in a lot of ways, is a culmination of everything they've been striving towards in the handheld genre for nigh on 30 years. So, yeah, I'm going to have to go with Pokemon Go, which moves Game & Watch down to number 134. Let's see. Crystal, how does it compare to Tetrisphere, a Nintendo 64 Tetris game where the pieces are curved slightly to form a planet that you gotta break down into the core of? I'm gonna vote for a game and watch because it has sharper widescreen graphics. Oh, that's a cutting critique of the Nintendo 64. Chelsea, how about you? I will vote for Tetrisphere. Alright, I'm also gonna vote for Tetrisphere because I liked it when I was a kid. Let's move Game and Watch down again to number 140. Chelsea, how does it compare to Sonic Adventure, a Sega Dreamcast launch game that people were wowed enough by to still think it's good today? I will vote for the Game and Watch. All right. Crystal, how about you? The general aesthetic of Sonic Adventure is very strong, including the box art mm-hmm. and the menus and the levels, so I will vote for it. It does have good box art. I'll grant that it's got good box art, and good menus even for its time. Sure, I'll go for it. That moves Game & Watch down to number 143. You know, watching these Game & Watch videos, I kind of want one. If uh, Nintendo decided to re-release these for like a reasonable price, I might be interested. They re-released a collection of a bunch of the Game & Watch games as like a digital Nintendo DS thing. Mm. But yeah, it's not quite... I kind of agree with you that having some old crappy handheld by Nintendo does seem kind of like a fun thing to own. Anyway, Crystal, how does Game & Watch widescreen parachute compare with Indiana Jones and the Infernal Machine, a 3D adventure game starring Indiana Jones? You know I gotta go for Game & Watch. Okay, I don't know that. Your voting pattern on this game seems incredibly erratic. Chelsea... What do you got for us? Game and Watch. Game and Watch takes it, which moves it down, or no, moves it up, rather. Excuse me and pardon my mistake. Chelsea, how does Game and Watch widescreen compare with the Black Eyed Peas experience? I believe this was a karaoke game featuring a playlist entirely of Black Eyed Peas songs. I believe it was more of a uh, a dance dance game game. more than a a karaoke game, but I believe there might have been uh, an ability to sing along. I don't quite remember, hmm. but... Uh, it looks it looks like it might have just been a dance game. Okay. It uses the power of the Microsoft Connect peripheral. Right, so that you too can have the Black Eyed Peas experience. All right, game all right. watch. Crystal. Black Eyed Peas experience. Hmm. Hmm. I do hate moving my body in any way. So I'm... Pr- hmm. Boy. It's made by Innis. What else has Innis made? The Elite Beat Agents. Alright, well, they know how to do that, so I'm going to have to give it to them on the back of their stronger game. Which means that Game & Watch moves down to number 142 for one last ranking. Crystal, how does it compare to Pac-Man's Pizza Parlor? A time you know man- it's got to be Pac-Man. Yeah, of course. This was the time management pizza restaurant game where Pac-Man has to help out a young lady trying to keep her pizza restaurant afloat. 
Chelsea, how do you vote? I'm a big fan of time management games. Uh, mm-hmm, I'll mm-hmm. go with the pizza Pac-Man party All right. time. Yeah, pizza's Pac-Man party time. Exactly. In that case, Game & Watch Widescreen Parachute is placed at number 143, directly above Indiana Jones and the Infernal Machine, directly below Pac-Man's Pizza Parlor. Apparently the story of Pac-Man's Pizza Parlor involves this young woman and her friend Pac-Man uh, being extorted by the Mafia. Fantastic, fantastic. Can't wait to learn more about that. Well, cats and kitties, that means we just got one last game to rank on this very cool, very chill episode of Let's Place, the Good Time Ranking Video Games podcast. It's the Amazing Spider-Man versus the Kingpin. This is a Sega CD video game starring Spider-Man and his nemesis, the Kingpin. The Kingpin is at it again, and Spider-Man has just 24 hours to find the keys to defuse the bomb, primed to wipe out New York City. Worse, the Kingpin has convinced the citizens that Spider-Man is the bomb's mastermind, and they're now out for his radioactive spider blood. To clear Spider-Man's name, the player must guide him through multiple levels and familiar supervillains, supervillains in search of the bomb's keys, all while the 24-hour time limit mercilessly counts down. At Spidey's disposal are a range of hand-to-hand combat moves, plus web tricks including stunning web shots, web swings, and a web shield. Players can even form combos of web strikes and Spidey fists. And in a fairly uncommon platform maneuver, Spidey can stick to and crawl along any surface, including up walls and across ceilings. The Amazing Spider-Man vs. the Kingpin for the Sega CD takes the idea and basic gameplay from the Genesis version. I guess there was a Genesis version, but makes some significant changes. There are new levels, new bosses, and an expanded set of combat moves. The player now has the freedom to select the next level or boss to tackle from a map screen. Graphics have also been redrawn and expanded from the Genesis release. However, the player can no longer rest and heal at Peter Parker's apartment, or take photographs of enemies for cash. Both prominent features of the Genesis version. That's a bummer. Animated cutscenes with voices are new to this version, as well as a new CD soundtrack. The player can also find and collect digital versions of classic Spider-Man comics, making further use of the multimedia storage space. A password system has been added to save the player's progress. This game sounds pretty cool. Look at the critic score. Uh, Where's the critic score? Top right. Top right. We're looking at... Oh, the critic score is a 69 out of 100. Nice. The uh, animated cutscenes for this game are, I would characterize them as being of poor quality. Uh, do you have a link to any of them? I'd love to see some. I do have a link to any of them. All right, all right. I keep borderline doing uh, that actor thing, whose name I'm blanking on, who says all right all the time in that one movie. Matthew McConaughey. That's the guy right there. <sighs> Let's take a look here. We've got, uh, hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. oh, wow. I, you know, I'd never had a Sega CD. Did either of you? No. no. Hmm. So I'm, I'm always a little baffled anytime I see footage of it because I'm imagining it to be like good video, but my, no, it's not. Oh, these the gameplay part of it doesn't look too great either. Hmm. Let's cut ahead to some gameplay because it sounded very cool when I was describing it. Ah, uh, this gameplay looks okay. You're jumping around. You're Spider-Man. I don't know. This seems fine. I've seen worse. Yeah, it's like Electro. All right, that's happening. Let's. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right. Let's uh, let's place it. 
and get the hell out of here so I can drop this asinine persona. (laughs) You can drop it whenever you want. No. You have control over your own life. I most certainly do not. Let's start at number 196. Stellar 7, Draxon's Revenge. Crystal? Uh, Draxon's Revenge. All right. Chelsea, this was like a tank game for... Uh, the Jaguar, I think. Some some dumbass system like that. 3DO. 3DO. Who cares? Basically the Jaguar. I do love Spider-Man. Yeah. yeah. I actually kind of love the way Stiller 7's graphics look. Yeah. It's got kind of a Star Fox vibe to it. Yeah. It's like just a, li- a half step above Star Fox. Yeah. So how are you voting, Chelsea? Uh, Spider-Man. Yeah. I-, I do agree it doesn't look like the best Spider-Man game in the world, but... Hey, it looks all right. I think it. I think it beats Draxon's Revenge, uh, and it moves up to number. I won't watch the Stellar Seven cutscenes. Okay, okay. Moves up to number ninety-seven. Chelsea, how does it compare to Lollipop Chainsaw, an action game where you play a sexy cheerleader who's got her befriend, beheaded boyfriend's head on her hip, and she's got to go on a zombie adventure to get his body back. I think written, uh, written by James Gunn, recently fired director of Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, I think I will vote for the Amazing Spider-Man versus the Kingpin. All right, Crystal, how about you? I'm going to vote for Lollipop Chainsaw. Okay, yeah, yeah, I'm think I'm going to go Lollipop Chainsaw. That guy's had a rough month. Let's throw him a bone. Moves it down to number one forty-six. Uh, Crystal, how does it compare to Gal Shell Blood Red Skies, a real gross-looking top-down Spider-Man, vertical Spider-Man, shooter? Spider-Man, Spider-Man, Gal Shell has mm-hmm. a wonderful and striking art style. It does. And That's Spider-Man true. just looks bland and generic. Mm-hmm. But do you get digital comics out of Gal Shell? Do you get digital comics out of Spider-Man? Yeah, that, so that was one of the collectibles they added because they have the CD format now. They've made... Digital versions of classic Spider-Man comics. I would love to see the quality of these comics. I would also, but it would take a while to look it up. But why would you look at the low-res comic scans when you can look at the very good graphics of Gal Shell? Because mm, they kind of gross me out a little bit. Yeah, they make you feel something. They do. All right, well, that's one vote for Gal Shell. Chelsea, I think I know how you're voting. Yeah, Spider-Man. Yeah, yeah. You know... I do think I have to agree with Crystal. It does gross me out. Uh, and that's something. I guess. <laughs> I'll vote for Gal Shell. It looks like a good one of those kinds of games. Why? <laughs> it's hard to laugh in a chill voice. I guess you gotta do more like a chuckle, like a... <laughs> there you go. I did it. <laughs> Gal Shell wins and Spider-Man moves down to number one. 71. Chelsea, how does it compare to Pop and Twinbee Rainbow Bell Adventures, an isometric platformer based on the Twinbee shoot 'em up games? I will vote for Twinbee, Winbee, and Gwinbee. Fantastic. I think those were their names. I believe that's correct. Yeah, Twinbee, Gwinbee, and Winbee. Crystal, how about you? I'll vote for the very cute game, Pop and Twinbee. Yeah, yeah. It is a cute game. I'll also vote for it. Which means Spider-Man keeps on scooting down to number 183. Crystal, how does it compare to Pokemon Red version America? The red, the American version of Pokemon Blue that was changed slightly to become Pokemon Red. Well, it's got to be the Charizard game. Yeah, all right. It's Red Hero versus Red Hero, Chelsea, because Spider-Man wears a red costume. 
How do you vote? Pokemon. All right, that's two votes for Pokemon, and Spider-Man keeps on dropping. You know, I heard Spider-Man can climb up walls, and yet he's moving down right now. Makes you think. It does make me think, Luke. <laughs> Chelsea, how does, how does Spider-Man compare to Spooks 2006, an indie adventure game where you play as a little girl in the land of the dead who discovers a living goldfish? I think... Uh, it's actually kind of difficult because I think Spider-Man doesn't mm-hmm. look that bad, but I think it doesn't because I think, but I think I like Spooks better. Okay, Crystal, how about you? I will vote for Spooks by Aaron Robinson Swink. Yeah, Spooks is adorable. So Spider-Man keeps on going downwards. Crystal, how does he compare to Legacy of the Necromancer P- Part Three: The Dark Tower? What on earth was this piece of garbage? It was... It, well, okay, that's... Oh, right. I mean, it's a text game. It was a text adventure sort of thing. Right, after the happenings of Legacy of the Necromancer Part 2, right. the player reaches the Necromancer's former domain, the Black Lands of Backrock. Right, right, right. That's it, all right. How do you vote? I'm going to vote for the Dark Tower. Okay. Chelsea. Hi, oh, man. What's the, what's the matter? Is my soothing voice making me sleepy? No, no, I just, uh... No. <laughs> all right. <laughs> In that case, Spider-Man moves down to number 194. Chelsea, it couldn't beat Pokemon Red version America, but what about Pokemon Blue version America? Uh, Spider-Man. All right. Crystal. I mean, yeah, Blue's worse than Red, so I'll vote for Pokemon. Wait, what? <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you need to take a basic intro. <laughs> Intro to what? <laughs> Intro to logic. But how can I learn logic without philosophy? Well, that's what I mean, like a philosophy and logic kind of class. You know, you gotta learn those those symbols, like a negation, or a, I don't remember. It's been a while since I took one of those classes. Anyway, I'm gonna vote for Pokemon. Dip Spider-Man right on down to number 195. It's last game to be compared to. Uh, let's see. Crystal, how does it compare to Cook, Serve, Delicious? A mobile and PC game where you gotta tap or type inputs to maintain a steady line of orders at a kitchen. I'm gonna vote for Cook, Serve, Delicious. Chelsea, how about you? Cook, Serve, Delicious. Yeah, I like that game. I'm surprised it's fallen this low. Uh, in that case, Spider-Man vs. the Kingpin is ranked at number 196. Directly above Stellar 7 Draxon's Revenge, directly below Cooks Are Delicious. And with that, we have finished the coolest, chillest, smoothest episode of Let's Place to date. <sighs> Crystal, what? Plug some things. I, Let's wait, get out of here. Do you have to uh, read off the list? Oh, read of off course. the top, bottom, and ten? Yeah, excuse Since me. they did change. We, they did change. I forgot. Uh, let's take a look at the bottom ten. At number 395, we still have Vitamin X. We are super, super meant boys. But it's got a new neighbor. At 394, Tommy's Air Shark. Number 393, Medal of Honor Warfighter. Number 392, Time Dominator, a.k.a. Socket. Number 391, Swedish Erotica Bachelor Party. Number 390, now who did I date last night? Number 389, Elf of the Movie. Number 388, Elsa Dentist Surgery Simulator. Number 387, King of Bali. And number 386, Kaze no Oka Koenite. 
Congratulations to Las Vegas Tycoon for making it out of the bottom 10. Meanwhile, in our top 10, at number 10, still Chibi Robo, plug into adventure. Number 9, Pokemon Crystal Version. Number 8, Terranigma. Number 7, Super Mario Galaxy 2. Number 6, Near Automata. Number 5, Resident Evil 4. Number 4, Elite Beat Agents. Number three, Mother Three. And number two, The Legend of Zelda Majora's Mask. And of course, number one, Undertale. There we go. Now do the plug thing, Crystal. Ah, oh, you know, you should listen to the Book of Majora podcast on theentropy.com. So when you make tweets on Twitter making fun of the Zelda timeline, you'll know what the fuck you're talking about, and I won't get mad at you. <laughs> you should make the informed shit posts. <laughs> Great. Uh, and speaking of Twitter, you can find me at Arcane Crystal on that website. All right. And you should also listen to MCU Complete Me, the show where me and Luke argue if the Marvel movies are good or if they're bad. Yeah. Chelsea, how about you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Nitspecimus. Uh, and maybe sometimes I edit. Uh, well, I mean, I always edit it, but sometimes it gets recorded and posted. Uh, the Home for Eminent Losers. Yeah, not much lately. I don't know. Who knows? As for me, you can find me on Twitter at SSJ Speed Racer. Yeah, you can find this show on a bunch of other good ones on AudioEntropy.com. Check it out. We got shows like... You already said MCU Complete Me, but we got D-Comedy about Disney television movies. We got uh, uh, Let's Steal a Podcast all about Leverage, the TV show. BakaCast. Uh, Aliens with Cattleborgs. Aliens of Battleborgs, a show about Power Rangers. And uh, if you like us a lot, after this episode, you most certainly don't, because this was insufferable. <laughs> you can hit the donut button on our website to give us a little bit of money, why don't you? Then now, we can buy some donuts. Now, actually, it's the donate button. Uh, we use uh, donate donations of money to uh, host the website. Oh. Yeah, Lexi, oh, our site administrator, pays for the hosting out of her own pocket. So she help does. her out, why don't you? Yeah. She's promised to get us actual donuts when we go to PAX West. And Which makes no sense. Time. We should buy her donuts. Probably. And speaking of PAX West. Speaking of PAX West, if you are going to that particular video game convention, we are going to be doing a live version of this show Sunday, September 2nd, 6 p.m. in the Sandworm Theater. We'd love for you to come out. It'll be less bad than this one. That much I can guarantee. This bit was a lot funnier, like an hour ago. You could have stopped it at any time. I really could have, but I felt determined to keep it up. Well, you did. Are you satisfied? No, it wasn't (laughs) worth it in the slightest. has a soundboard. How'd you get a soundboard? <laughs> I think it's on her phone. Uh-oh. It is. Anyway, I think that's just about going to do it for us this week. Chris, Crystal, give us a good sign-off. Congratulations, Sonic Fox. Yeah, that was cool. Chelsea, how about you? I hope we didn't put anyone to sleep. Uh, You know what? I did. Then we served some kind of purpose. Anyway, we'll see you next time on Let's Place. Yeah.